Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. And that is all. I'm going to stop talking now because I tend to just, you know, you, you pause and then I get nervous and then I don't know what to say. <laughs> you come in so excited and then it's just stage fright. <laughs> You've only memorized that first line. <laughs> exactly. I, now I, I might as well just end the podcast. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I need a script. I need a script. <laughs> I don't think it'd be as exciting if we read straight off a script. Probably be more factually accurate, but... Probably. (laughs) Instead of like, okay, what are we covering today? Well, what are we covering today? Social media policies, right? Yeah, social media policies, and I guess employee, employer policies in general. That kind of springs off this social media policy case. And it's actually, well, I'm a little bit surprised by this. Usually that's come down pretty harsh on employers, but we'll see if... Everyone can follow me on this to explain the procedure of how this case worked. So the General Counsel of the NLRB, National Labor Review Board, I believe, they challenged an employer's social media policy saying it was unlawful, basically saying it was too restrictive, prohibited, protected activity, essentially free speech, it looks like. So General Counsel of the NLRB challenges this policy as unlawful, which then went in front of an administrative law judge which decided that the policy was in fact not unlawful. Then it was reviewed by the NLRB, which affirmed the ALJ's decision that the policy was not unlawful. So long story short, this policy of Landry's Inc. Is not unlawful, lawful. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, you know, I was reading some. I was reading something written by an attorney the other day, and it was had so many just negatives in it. It was just, it was almost, it was just impossible to read. It's like just use clear language. <laughs> yeah, it was a court decision, so that's it was even worse. It was that's even worse. Yeah, written by a, a lawyer still. Yeah, I think it might be worthwhile for me to read this policy, at least this section, because it's not that long. So you, we'll let the the listeners decide. While your free time is generally not subject to any restriction by the company. The company urges all employees not to post information regarding the company, their jobs, or other employees, which could lead to morale issues in the workplace or detrimentally affect the company's business. This can be accomplished by always thinking before you post, being civil to others and their opinions, and not posting personal information about others unless you have received their permission. It's actually a very well-written policy, believe it or not, and it's proven to actually withstand its criticism. And by the way, Landry is a, I guess they operate Bubba Gum Shrimp restaurants, which I think I'm only familiar with. They always seem to be on piers across the country, San Francisco, Seattle, even I think they have one here in Galveston, Texas too. You're familiar with it because of Forrest Gump, I would assume, but. Oh, well, yeah, obviously I'm, but I'm familiar <laughs> it as a restaurant. And what's funny about this is that, not funny, it's just, it's just frustrating actually. The NLRB general counsel in my opinion, this this policy is pretty well worded, and yet still they challenged it. And it just goes to show you, like, doesn't even matter what the law is sometimes. You have to be ready to defend yourself when it comes to these employment matters, especially from the NLRB. And, you know, and I agree with you, too. And I'm, I'm reading through their, the general counsel's sort of thought process through this. And I'm not surprised by the things that he highlighted. So he had issues with the language referencing morale 
and being civil to others and their opinions. But I mean, this is a pretty fair policy and it's no, I don't think it's being restrictive at all. I mean, it's just kind of common sense almost. <laughs> and so to kind of be clear on what the NRRB is trying to actually restrict here is what it's called concerted activity. And it's a form of protected speech, really. And it's a legal term used in labor policy to basically define an employee protection against employer retaliation. And it usually has to do with discussion about unionizing, but it also applies to discussion about, you know, safety violations or, you know, wage laws or unfair activity in that respect. And so that's the real aspect of what they're trying to protect. So the concept is, is that, is that if your social media policy is so broad that this type of protected activity is restricted, then now your policy is not lawful. Right. And they're, that's not what's happening here. They're not saying the- em- Or unlawful, sorry. <laughs> the employer isn't not, not unsaying that- To which- Yeah. The employer isn't saying you can't make any posts about the company or employees on social media. It's just defining what you shouldn't do. It's essentially what it's saying is, in my opinion, don't make defamatory comments about the company or people that work there. I mean, that's how I kind of view it, which, you know, that's just telling their employees do not break the law. Yeah. And unfortunately, though, it's it's kind of complicated, even for lawyers. And if you just look at, for example, Wendy's went through this year a year ago and their handbooks and so forth, and they, they had some social media policies. And some of the restrictions that were found to be unlawful, I think for most people, it wouldn't be surprising to have in their handbook or even to put it in there, like such as some unlawful policies, which included commenting on business, financial performance policies, employees, or competitors on social media, right? And that was considered to be an unlawful provision. Posting photos taken at company events or at, of company employees, maligning, defaming, disparaging, or insulting coworkers, customers, or competitors, right? These are all examples of things that were not included. And most likely it's because of how they were worded or whether there was disclaimed. But just as an example, some policies that were allowed were restrictions on commenting on trade secrets and proprietary information, i.e. confidential information, taking, distributing, or posting photos, videos, or recordings of coworkers or work areas during work time, unless in furtherance of protected activities, right? So most of these things can probably done anyway, but you just have to be a little more careful in, in drafting these provisions. It's not an easy task. And some of these boilerplate templates probably don't comply with these kinds of restrictions and laws. And I think it's the key is that they're, what they're saying is a lot of these are just overbroad because I have another, I have one here pulled up. Do not discuss customer or employee information outside of work, including phone numbers and addresses. I mean, that seems like common sense. That should be something they wouldn't be allowed to restrict. But I, it's in this case, they're saying that's overbroad and it's as stated, it's overbroad. But I think that what they're trying to do is not overbroad. So it's like, well, yeah, you can talk about that. That's what we meant. But Unfortunately, when you're dealing with you know the language and in, in writing, you have to be a little more clear. So just going back to this for uh, Landry's, it's dealing with social media policy. So I was thinking, what if it didn't have anything to do with posting on social media? What if it was strictly talking about not saying anything outside of work? I mean, would that change the now? I think the the fact that I guess they could always deny that that was said of social media. You can actually see physical proof that something was posted. Yeah, you're right. I mean, really, the law hasn't really changed other than the fact that, 
you're right. In social media, there's a little bit more of a record and proof when it comes to that, which goes to the kind of the next issue. And this may not be the focus of this episode, but a lot of people have to deal with what happens when you have to, you know, terminate somebody or discipline somebody because of something they posted on the internet, whether it's through a social media blog, social media post or a blog or what have you. And the answer is not as simple as you may think. So for example, an employee who engages in a, you know, conversation on her Facebook with maybe a couple of her friends, but then her coworkers join in the conversation about how bad the work experience is may be actually protected speech. Whereas some employee who makes some comment threatening that, not even threatening, making fun of one of their customers for X, Y, and Z, right? That may not be protected activity. And it's very, very fact specific. And so we joke around that pretty much every state's an at-will state. But the reality is, is that you need to have a real reason to fire them. Otherwise, you may have a lawsuit on your hands because the employee may find a find an illegal reason why you fired them. And so you have to be very careful with that. It's not easy for employers. I mean, there's no no getting around that, even if you think you're doing something right. Someone will determine you're not, or they could. It reminded me of a, I want to say this was a few weeks ago, something my wife showed me. I'm going to get the store wrong. I think it was... Kohl's or JCPenney or one of those department stores like that. And it was a woman who got sent home from work one day because her outfit was too revealing or not appropriate. The only problem was she bought it from that store and in their like work clothes department, which was really funny. But then she took a picture of herself flipping off, you know, with her middle finger up and then, you know, posted it and something about to the, the store. So yeah, it was good up until that point where she kind of ruined it. But <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny how she got sent home for that. <laughs> yeah, she made it obviously worse. There was nothing good that came out of that. So I guess for employers, I mean, what's I don't want to say the advice is don't be overbroad in your social media policies, but I, there's probably something better we can say than that. You're right. It's not easy to kind of give a final advice other than first think about what your purposes of the social media policy is. Do you really need one? And I would say the answer to that is yes. But how involved in your employees' lives do you want to get into? And is is your business such that besides the typical kind of, you know, employee rant online, is there something else that you're trying to protect? You know, that would be my focus. And of course, getting a lawyer to actually write up this policy and, and making sure even the lawyer, you know, it's, it's not an easy job for the lawyer too, because this is a changing area of law with the NLRB's aggressive enforcement for this. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the thing too, is if anything, even though they weren't successful this time, it's showing that they're taking a pretty employee favorable approach to this, I guess a hostile approach towards employers. And if you read, there's a, a memo that came out from the general counsel of the NLRB earlier this year. I think that's what you were kind of referencing to. I think that was the Wendy's one. Yeah. People can go through and read some of the stuff in there. I, don't, I just can't see how any person using just reasonableness would read through that and say some of these things be like, okay, yeah, that's acceptable to be unlawful. It's tough. Exactly. It is tough. So, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. I think that's our podcast episode. We should have all our listeners read that 30-page general counsel statement about all this, right? It's actually not as long as it seems. It's a lot of one to two sentence quotes that are bolded. and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it like a pamphlet or something? I don't even want to open it up. Just a straight up memo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Keep us on. Keep us smart. 
This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.